this is when we stop talking about all the stuff that we spent the last 40 minutes talking about that had nothing much to do with our podcast. I think. Which we do every week. Right. It's always like, we have to catch up and then we'll do the podcast. Yeah, we always we always know it's going to be at least like half an hour in between getting on Zoom and then actually starting. I think it was the last one we recorded where it was actually like, we got on, we talked for like five minutes and then we're like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, because I think like maybe because it hadn't been that long since we'd spoken or something. I don't Probably. know. Probably. And here we are to talk about ghosts. Yes. Welcome to episode 10 of Rowan and Pine. Can you believe there has been 10 episodes? Hopefully... At least 10 more. Yeah, and hopefully they've just gotten better. <laughs> right. Because I'm sure there's a few sketchy ones in there that like we apologize for, but also we don't apologize for because every podcast has a few shitty episodes at the start. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ours were definitely... Oh, my tea is here. Oh, there's a cameo. Oh, look, it's Medardo. Say hi. <laughs> hi, Medardo. You can't First time her. seeing you on Zoom. Wow. That's going to be so much fun to edit. <laughs> All right. So back to podcasting. Before the tea pause, um, <laughs> we were telling you that uh, episode 10 is going to be all about ghost stories. So we have some listener ghost stories, some of our own ghost stories, a couple of ghost stories sourced online. So I have a hot chocolate. Emily just got brought some tea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's apple cinnamon tea, so it's very fall friendly yes so we encourage you to curl up make a hot drink listen to some ghost stories but maybe not right before bed so the first story that we have for you guys today is a listener submitted one um and it's from my friend elaine who i have to say is probably our most avid listener um because i get texts about the content (laughs) of this podcast like on a weekly basis Sometimes they're threatening me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this this story is actually the first in a category that I am referring to as creepy kids because it's stuff from when people were kids and were creeping their parents out. <laughs> Don't we all? So Elaine's story goes like this. This story came about when I was pregnant, but I didn't know yet. I was having really weird dreams and there was always an old phone and someone called Emma kept ringing me. I had lots of different dreams where I was at work. I could have been at my house. I could have been out. But it was always the same phone. I told my mom about it and she was like, oh, do you not remember Emma? It turns out when I was very small, like one and a half, two years old, I started talking to myself loads and refusing to wear shoes. My mom thought it was because Michelle, who's Elaine's younger sister, was born and that I was just talking. Then I told her that Emma didn't have to wear shoes, so I shouldn't have to. This went on for a year or so and it turns out that Emma wore a white dress but never wore shoes and would come to play with me. Mom mentioned this to the doctor when I was nearly four because it was going on for so long and I was getting ready to start school and I still refused to wear shoes except for wellies sometimes, Wellington boots, which is a very four-year-old <laughs> thing to only insist on wearing. Pretty much. <laughs> they just slip right on. I had started saying that I wanted Emma to leave me alone because she was always there and I just wanted to play by myself. The doctor said that he wanted to try something. He gave mom an old rotary phone and told her to tell me to start talking to Emma and telling her not to come for a while. So she did and this kept up for a couple of weeks. 
Then one day I told mom that she was going to go away now so I could go to school. Wow. Turns out that Emma was a little girl who lived in the next house up from my grandmother's in the 60s and had died of pneumonia in her bed after being sick for ages. She was an only child and wanted to play with the other kids all the time. My doctor at the time had been working in the surgery but was only there a little while when she died. The phone calls I kept getting in my dream were, I told you I'd come back when you needed me so I'm back again. And then when I was about six months pregnant, I was home one night and Simon, who's Elaine's partner, Simon says, I sat up in bed and I had a full-blown conversation with someone about things, but there was nobody else there. Wow. Yeah. So Elaine is being haunted by a little girl called Emma. From like the past, but she, she yeah. never knew this girl, correct? No, she didn't. But um, it's so interesting that like her doctor, because like that's such a small town, like doctor thing as well, that the doctor kind of had an idea who this little girl was. Right. And like would have known because of the area. Yeah. You know? That's not something that I would happen in like Chicago. Yeah. So like this, this little girl had like lived and died 20 years before Elaine was even born. Wow. Which is crazy. And then the whole like she's not wearing shoes and she like I shouldn't have to wear shoes because Emma's not wearing shoes. Yeah. Elaine. I think the creepiest part for me is the her having a conversation in the night. Yeah. Because that's. That would scare the hell out of me if I was (laughs) like her Simon. Right. (laughs) Like get out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Who are you talking to? You're sleeping on the couch. (laughs) Take your ghost with you. She also has another like mini story. Um, So she her daughter is called Emily. So now. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Emily. <laughs> now, when I'm referring to you in WhatsApp, uh, I have to say podcast, Emily. She's oh. like, I keep thinking you mean my Emily. <laughs> so you talk about me? <laughs> yeah, I talk about you all the time. I'm always bitching about you. I'm like, fucking Emily. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a bed in this room and um, Medardo came up here. I was just like laying on the bed because I was like, I'm tired. He was like, all you did was get up and get ready and you're tired. <laughs> But hey, nobody needs to be called out like that, okay? Yeah, I was laying there and he's like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do? You have plans on what you're going to do or something like that. And I was like, I'm just waiting for my Neve to get online. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. So you're possessive now or I own you. You're my Neve now. (laughs) That's funny as well, because like you clearly don't know any others. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even have to be that specific. Right. So Elaine's Emily, when she was a little girl, she used to play games and talk for hours on the stairs at her dad's mother's house. So Simon's mother's house. So her grandmother's house. Used to play games and talk for hours on the stairs in Simon's mom and dad's house to somebody she referred to as Mammy's grandpa with the funny hair. And Elaine's grandfather had a white streak down the middle of his skull. Interesting. And Emily was playing with him. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I've heard so many stories of that where there's a family member who's passed away and the kids are like, oh, I was playing with so-and-so. And it's like, it, they perfectly describe their relative who's gone. And it's like, yeah. okay, cool. So you going to call the exorcist or am I? No. <laughs> yeah. Or like, it'll always be that like, they'll be describing someone or talking about their imaginary friend and then they'll see like a photo of some dead relative. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, that's my friend. And you're like, no, it's freaking not. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the whole child away. (laughs) Right. We're done. You're being put up for adoption. (laughs) I have another creepy child story, um, which I got from from a book that I will link in our sources. And uh, they had titled this one, Whispers in the Dark. Mike's story might sound familiar to those who have experience with spirits living in their home. He was only a small child when his family moved into their house and he remembers how much he enjoyed rushing up the stairs. For a while it was just a childish game, seeing how fast he could run up the stairs, until he started hearing the whispers. A male voice started talking to him in whispers from the top of the stairs, promising him things in exchange for him running up certain steps. 
he made bets with him. At first, the bets were fairly innocent. A penny, a shiny rock, a toy, etc. After a while, they got darker, right around the time the creepy voice started betting on Mike's life. He would bet on his life that Mike wouldn't reach a certain level, or that he wouldn't make it to the top of the stairs. This went on for a while, and the little boy just grew up and grew out of it. They have in quotation marks. Well, he liked to think he just imagined it all, like little boys imagine things. However, many years later, a conversation with his brother changed the narratives significantly. One night, while sitting around reminiscing and talking about scary stories, Mike shared the story of the voice with his brother Pete, laughing about how silly he was as a little kid, imagining a voice in games like that. Pete, however, wasn't laughing. He was completely white, standing still, with his voice trembling a little. Would the voice make bets with you, he asked, afraid of the answer. The two brothers just stared at each other, terrified. Nope. <laughs> Nope, stair demon. A stair demon. Now we have to be afraid of stairs. And now we have to be afraid of gambling ghosts. Yeah, gambling stair demons. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't like like it. I can't believe this whole like whispering thing. No, absolutely not. It freaks me out. I don't like the, the interaction of a ghost like making bets about you achieving something or not. I don't know. It's just like extra creepy somehow. Yeah, and especially because it's a child as well. Because it's yeah. like it starts off so innocent because usually, like that's how you, especially like a little a little boy, like that's how you encourage them to do things. Like, oh, bet you can't like make it to the top of the stairs. You know, that would be my. Bet trick. you can't wash your hands really quickly. Yeah, you know? that was always my trick when I was a nanny and the kids wouldn't eat. I'd be like, "Bet I can eat faster than you," and then they'd be like, "No," and they'd like quickly yeah. <laughs> they'd eat their dinner. I'm like, "Gotcha." So like as a kid, you'd be so used to adults going like, "Bet you can't do this." right or like other kids like talking obviously he was trying to like make it so that he they would hurt themselves yeah i was gonna say probably like fall down the stairs or something yeah oh god terrible ghost yeah there's also a little mini one from elaine's sister Catherine, who has a little girl called cloda who is a hilarious child every story i hear about her is just so funny (laughs) but she was also a little creep because (laughs) uh catherine just just messaged me on instagram and said cloda used to talk all the time about before when she was a boy when i wasn't her mommy but she knew who i was and said she was a boy and then she went to bed and she woke up a girl and i was her mommy that's i've heard so many stories about children like that like the one yeah like i think there was a documentary about this little boy who he's from like ohio or something in the united states and he was like like this isn't my house you're not my parents and like he was like i live in ireland and they're like no you don't have you have you heard this one before i think i read i read it like in a magazine or something when i was a kid and just being like whoa and he was able to didn't he wasn't he able to like map out the area and stuff so they brought him to ireland and they're like yeah yeah he was able to be like oh it was like here he like pointed out on the map or something like that and then when they brought him mm-hmm. there he's like oh and like coming up is like where the airplane was or something like that and he was able to like recall things that were accurate about this area and he like walked them through the house and he's like oh and back there was like my sister's room and like there's a fireplace in there stuff like that and he knew all of it it was so creepy that's so crazy yeah because it's like you know the whole like reincarnation thing maybe that's where like the whole idea of reincarnation came from like i know that's like a very strong belief system yeah it came from creepy children who were able to very accurately recall other places yeah 
And especially like kids who like have no concept of something like that, you know, when they're just saying, oh, like in my old life. Right. Well, and like a five-year-old. Yeah. He was pretty young for like a five-year-old to be like, oh, in Ireland. It's like, I didn't know really about yeah. stuff like that when I was a kid. No, not at all. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird how stuff like that happens. And it makes yeah. me like a little jealous. I'm like, I wish I could have been a kid like that. Like, no, mom, I'm from California. What? You're not my parent. <laughs> Terrifying every adult you come in contact with. <laughs> Don't talk right. to her. <laughs> yeah. She'll start staring into your soul and like talking about like taxes or something. Rent was really high in San Francisco. <laughs> Have you heard about the interest rates? <laughs> Do you believe, like, I know I've, like, I've heard it said before that there's this whole thing of, like, you're only sensitive to otherworldly things up until, like, you're out of, like, the toddler stage or, like, until you're, like, school age. Like, I think it seems to happen so much. Like how they say that you kind of, like, lose your ability to, yeah. like, hear things or see things or whatever. Yeah, I feel like I believe that. As we get older, we try to use science to mm -hmm. explain things. I mean... Some of us do. Some of us fully are just like, no, yeah. I want to believe. Some of us are Mulder and some of us are Scully. Yeah. And I think when you take so much time to be like, oh, no, it was the wind or it was this or it was that. You just like, I don't know, you maybe like train your brain to think that that that's what it is every time you like hear something is like oh it's just the house mm -hmm. creaking. What do you think? Yeah, like I think part of it is when you're small and like that's the way you learn to not be scared of things. Like, I remember when yeah. I was little and say, like, I had watched, like, a scary film or something like that and say I had trouble going to sleep. The one thing my mom used to always say to me is, like, oh, well, that doesn't happen here. Like, that film is set in, like, California. Like, that only happens there. You rationalize yeah. things and that's how you protect yourself from being scared. I think that's, that's where it all comes yeah. in. Like, that's your rational brain is protecting you. Stop you from, like, freaking out over... Because if, if you thought that, like, every noise in your house was a ghost, you would absolutely never sleep ever. It's kind of how, when I was a kid, I was oddly afraid of undertow, like, in bodies it usually happens in like rivers and okay stuff like yeah that. where you get like dragged under it, yeah yeah it has to be like a okay. moving body of water but i was like terrified of it in like any yeah. body of water <laughs> and my parents had to be like emily it's not gonna happen in the yeah. local swimming pool <laughs> well it's just like like every kid when they see jaws for the first time they're like irrationally terrified of sharks I was going to say, or Jaws, like they had to be like, there is not going to be a shark in a Minnesota <laughs> lake. <laughs> Especially like in Ireland, like our biggest carnivore is badger, I think. <laughs> I don't think we have anything bigger than that. I mean, I mean, they're scary, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, they could fuck your dog up like. <laughs> <laughs> Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a badger took one of Ewan's dog's eyes. Oh no. For Jack. Rest in peace, Jack. Jack was a West Highland Terrier with a terrible attitude and hated me. <laughs> but he loved June and he only had one eye. He's very cute. He was built like a little tank. Aww. Also, fun fact about West Highland Terriers is they can be lifted up by their tails. Although I would not suggest trying it. <laughs> you can, but don't. Know that you can, just don't try it out. Because, yeah, apparently they were bred for like going into rabbit burrows. Okay. So they bred them with strong tails so that their owners could pull them out by the tail. <laughs> like, all right, enough. Pull them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so those are my my little uh, collection of creepy kid stories. And Emily, <laughs> would you like to take it away with some other scary stories? Yeah. So we had, I'm not sure if this is just a listener or if this is somebody that you know. 
Her name is Nicole. Yeah, I used to work with Nicole in Canada and um, we follow each other on Instagram. So I think she saw my call for scary stories going up. So I don't know if she's listened to the podcast, but um, she was kind enough to send us some of her scary stories to our email address. Yeah. So thank you, Nicole, for sending in your stories. We really appreciate it. So Nicole says, I grew up in a small town called Bowmanville, an hour outside of Toronto. The house I grew up in was haunted. I always seem to attract these experiences. I seem to sense the presence of ghosts. When I was a small girl, maybe five or six, I was laying on the top bunk of my bunk bed that I shared with my younger sister. It was an early morning in the winter and the house was cold and dark. My sister and I were arguing about who should get out of their warm bed and turn on the light. Suddenly, the light turned on. (laughs) The switch was beside the inside of our door and the door was closed. We could see that no one was there, but as kids, you just think... Haha, ha, that was nice. <laughs> you don't really question how or why. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I appreciate that. They're like, sweet, someone turned on the light for us. <laughs> she said, the basement always scared me. I can remember always facing a certain direction when we were playing because I felt like someone was watching me from a certain corner. I would always run up the stairs like something was chasing me. As a teenager, I moved into a room in the basement. One night, I had just gone upstairs to use the washroom, and when I got into bed and turned off the light, I felt something jump on my bed. It felt like a dog. Oh, God. I spent the rest of the night with my light on, hugging my Bible. Another time, I was woken up to my mom's voice calling my name. When I finally turned on my light, I realized it was the middle of the night, and there was no way my mom had called me. Oh, my God. As an adult, I tried to find ways to dismiss what happened as my imagination. My parents actually sold the house to my grandparents and I returned to the house in my mid-twenties. My grandma, sister, and mom had gone out to buy flowers from the garden and I stayed back with my grandpa because I was reading a book. I got up to use the toilet and just as I was about to get up and flush, I saw the handle of the washroom door turn back and forth and the door rattled as my grandpa tried to open the door. I said, Grandpa, I'm in here, but he continued to try to open the door. I sprung up and opened the door before I even flushed or washed my hands, within seconds of the handle moving. The windows were closed and the air conditioning wasn't on. As soon as I opened the door, I could see out the large kitchen window that my grandpa was about 100 feet away in the back garden. Oh, I freaked out and left the house. Who was trying to watch you pee? (laughs) Who? We need to know what kind of ghost is a weird voyeuristic pervert. It's a pietergeist. (laughs) A pietergeist. (laughs) So after she saw her grandpa far away in the back garden, she says, I freaked out and left the house until my mom, grandma, and sister got back. I refuse to be alone in that house since then. So that's creepy. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't fucking blame you. (laughs) She has a couple other stories. Mm. She says, also, I've been in many spaces where I can sense that someone has died or a spirit and sometimes how they died. I once stayed at an old hostel in old Quebec City. There was an enclosed walkway from one part of the building to the next. As I walked through it, it suddenly felt ice cold, and I knew someone had hung themselves off of one of the railings. (gasps) I could actually hear the sound of the rope rubbing against the rails of the handrail. Stop. Oh, my God. Wow. And see, when she says that, I can imagine what that that sounds like, too. Holy fuck. I know. I just, like, got chills. I'm like, okay, that's terrifying. Oh, my God. And then her final story is, most recently... In Hong Kong, I toured an older building that was previously a theater slash pool hall slash shopping mall. That's a very interesting combo. Yeah. (laughs) I felt the feeling of someone watching me in a particular area of the building. 
I later asked the tour guide if it was haunted. She looked shocked at my question. She said yes. People had been hearing voices and weird things had happened to the staff. I asked her, was it in the old mall area? She was shocked and said yes. <gasps> she said, fuck. that's all I have. Hopefully nothing else happens to me. I absolutely hate the way it makes me feel. It scares me. Oh my god. I'm sorry this happens to you, Nicole. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nicole. Holy shit. Hopefully it does stop happening to you because that sounds terrifying. Especially like when you can sense a spirit and like how they die. That's pretty Yeah. Pretty wild. That's some like sixth sense shit. Yeah. Like, oh my god, see that thing with like hearing the rope? Holy fuck. Yeah. Like proper chills. Have you ever watched the shows, like the ghost shows, where they'll be like in a haunted place and then they bring the psychic in and the psychic will be like, I'm feeling like like pressure on my chest like my heart is starting to race and it's like oh yeah somebody died of a heart attack like in this bed it's like so weird there was like a uk show called most haunted and um there was a medium on it called Derek akora and he was exposed as a fraud (laughs) but he used to do like uh he used to do stuff like that but then like the funniest thing he would do and you'd be watching it like i used to eat all this up like when i was like 12 watching it i'm like oh my god (laughs) He used to get like... That's how we started this podcast. Yeah. He would get like possessed by a ghost and it would be like a ghost of a little boy and he'd be putting on a little boy voice. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) And he was from Liverpool and it usually had a Liverpool accent. That's the worst. That's like, have you ever seen the, he's like the psychic, name is Chip Coffee. No. I thought you were going to say the little one that looks like a, he's like a 30 year old man and he looks like a little boy that's on Netflix. I don't know who that is. <laughs> he's creepy but no. as fuck to me. This guy is on some shows that I like. He's like a little bit older. He apparently worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Do you know who they are? Yeah. Okay. So he apparently worked with them. From the Conjuring movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they were, they're real people who um like investigated the Amityville Horror House mm-hmm. and the... Annabelle the doll like they had Annabelle in their possession like had her locked in a box anyway so he was like friends with them he's so obnoxious when he's on these shows he'll be like he'll like look at like one of the people who are doing the investigating and he's like they think you're a bitch (laughs) and he just get like he'll get super like worked up and he's like get out everybody get out like he's got this like weird kind of southern accent and it's just like he'll just start like yelling and stuff and it's like Take take the drama down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Like I would love to think that like some of these like TV mediums and stuff were real, but like I don't believe a single one of them. I believe people can be like they can sense things, even if it's like a fucking magnetic thing, or like Nicole was saying, like she can she can tell if there's like an energy or something like that. Yeah, people like the Long Island medium, like <laughs> <laughs> she's terrible. <laughs> She's like 85% hair. Is she picking up signals in her hair? Like, <laughs> And the way she'll just walk up to somebody like at Target, she's like, honey, somebody, somebody is telling me to tell you that they love you. It's like, you could say that to anybody and they're yeah. going to be like, oh, yes, I have a loved one who is dead. You're at Target and you want to go like buy some tampons and then somebody... <laughs> Some woman with like <laughs> a beehive basically comes up to you. It's like somebody loves you. Her terrible spray tan. <laughs> Quit buying condoms. Your grandma wants you to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. It's so fascinating, like how they, like when you hear like a breakdown of how they do, like they call them hot readings and cold readings. 
Mm-hmm. So like the cold reading is when they'll just be like, I'm getting a letter D. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, wow. What are the chances that somebody in here knows someone whose name has a D in it? <laughs> and then like <laughs> the hot readings are, I think it was exposed that, is it John Edward? Uh, some of the crew on his show used to go out to the audience when they were in line waiting to get into the show and like pose as just regular people and talk to them. Oh, who, who are you hoping to talk to? And then they go in and tell him. <laughs> Yeah, or they would, more recently with the internet, they would see the names of people who paid for the tickets, Mm -hmm. and then they would, like, search them on Facebook and try to, like, gather information that way. Yeah, because people will always share, like, you know, like, anytime, like, any of my family members have died, like, you share funeral details for, like, other people, and that'll usually be a public post on your Facebook so everybody can see it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's so fucked. I was listening to an American Hysteria episode as well about, um, oh my god, what's their name? You know, the two sisters... That like started the whole medium thing. Is that the Fox sisters? The Fox sisters, yes. And um, I thought there was three of them. Maybe there are three. I think I just always pictured two in my head. Um, <laughs> However many sisters there are. <laughs> yeah. And just how that like they had all confessed about like how they used to make the knocking sounds and like at one point they were like hitting apples off the table <laughs> to make the <laughs> knocking sound. One thing that she brought up in uh, that episode was the whole phenomena of, I know you and I have discussed before, like, memorial photography and death photography, but this whole subgenre of ectoplasm photography. Mm -hmm. And I looked some of them up. Oh, my God. It's super cool. I love, like, the ectoplasm photography just for, like, the visual. Yeah. And, like, and the fact that, like, people would see it and believe in it. But, like, I don't believe it at all. It just was, like, I don't know. I think it's just... Like one of those things in history where I'm like, I'm super into this, even though I know it's fake. Yeah, I'll see if we can find it so we can put it up on the Instagram. There's one where it's clearly like somebody holding gauze in their mouth Mm -hmm. and somebody else has like edited it to put the face of somebody in the gauze. (laughs) So there's like a ghost face. (laughs) But it's it's just like a photo of somebody like, just like in the... (laughs) Just a completely expressionless face. (laughs) Just looking like he's slowly sliding out of this person's mouth. (laughs) I feel like that's something we should do an episode on. Is like old. Do they call it spiritualism? Yes. What so the they spiritualist call it? movement. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we should do an episode on it. That would be super fun. Sadly enough, it'll be a completely like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> but uh, yeah. We could do a like spirit photography of ourselves. Yeah. Where we just have like cotton like around our heads. <laughs> yeah. We could be ghosts together because we've never actually been in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> we could do like, a, I could do like a ghost version of me beside you. <laughs> where I was thinking with like the gauze, <laughs> put your face in mine and then your fa- my face on yours. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that would be too funny. We're finally together. <laughs> you have a story now, correct? I do have a story now. I have my second category that because I lumped mine into categories because I was like some of these are kind of in a similar vein. Is about creepy like work stories. So Nicole had a like a work story, but this one is from Reddit, and then I have my own work story. So this is a Reddit user called Zerbo who is an EMT, and they're talking about a haunted ambulance rig. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock in paranormal stuff. That is, until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3am, and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing. I was in the driver's seat, she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and close my eyes. 
I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my God, am I dying? Followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. Oh no. Yeah. My partner and I sat up straight and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient might have climbed in while we were asleep, so we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither was opened. We didn't sleep much after that. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I imagine if something were to be haunted, it would be something like an ambulance or like a hospital room or something. Yeah, there is a really great, it sounds like an oxymoron, but a really great Nicolas Cage movie (laughs) (laughs) called Bringing Out the Dead, where he plays like an ambulance driver and... Yeah, it's um, it's in that kind of vein. So yeah, like a haunted freaking ambulance rig. Oh, because when you think of all the yeah, trauma. Right. So if you, you know, in, in all the ghost and haunting lore, like usually there's a trauma involved and that's why like the, the ghost can't move on or like even if it's like a memory that's been imprinted in the place, but like that. Like a residual haunting as they call it. Yeah. The fact yeah, that it was phrased like, like a question, am I dying? It's scary to me because I get a little personal about it. My anxiety like hit its peak. Like I've always had anxiety and I've always, well, like in my adult life, I've always known that I've had anxiety, but um, it was in 2019, I, um, my anxiety got like super bad where like my muscles all like cramped up really badly mm. to a point where like the first time it happened, we had no clue what was going on. I just, I told Medardo, I was like, my arms feel kind of weird. And like, I started having like a lot of anxiety about it. I was like, I feel like I can't breathe. And like, my arms feel really weird. I was like, something's going on. Like I need to go to the hospital. And as I stood up to like, go get my shoes on, my like legs started feeling really weird. It felt like this like weird sensation was going down from like, like the inside, like my hips, like through my thighs. Within like minutes, I was laying on the couch, like completely immobile. Like all my muscles were locked up. I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't do anything. Like my face muscles started freezing up. My tongue started freezing up. I sounded like I was like having a stroke. I couldn't talk. And it was terrifying. And, um, Mm. They came to, like, the ambulance came because, like, of course, like, I literally, in those moments, I thought I was dying. Again, mm-hmm. go to therapy, people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the ambulance, I kept asking them. I was like, but am I dying? Oh. And so it's just, like, I can imagine, you know, something like that. You're, like, super, super scared. Yeah. And you're on an ambulance, like, am I dying? <laughs> Yeah, so obviously you're going to, like, ask, like, the, the EMTs if you see them, like, oh, my God. They're, it's so sad, and it's, like, chilling, and it's scary, and oh, my God. Yeah. Thank you to Reddit user Zerbo for um, giving us nightmares. So this story is from my friend Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. I don't know you, but nice to meet you, sort of. <laughs> nice to hear your ghost story. Yeah, Laura's going to tell us a story that um, it's something that happened to her dad, um, and her dad was a lockkeeper. Uh, on a river um, for years and years 30 years I think she said oh, so wow. she's going to tell us about a encounter he had which um, obviously freaked him out enough to tell people about so yeah it's probably going to freak us out too good so this is my dad's story he wasn't necessarily a skeptic but he wasn't a huge believer in paranormal and ghost stories and that sort of thing but he always would listen to someone and never dismiss someone telling their own experience so he was a lock keeper on the Grand Canal in Kildare for 30 years. Um, he maintained 
10 locks in the area. This particular one where this story happened, he was covering for a colleague, obviously, on holidays or something. He was called out in the middle of the night, which often happened in winter when the rain was really bad. He would have to regulate and manage the water levels so that the surrounding areas wouldn't flood and the banks wouldn't burst. I think it was around 10 o'clock, but it was dark. And he got there, I think it was a place in Kildare called Ardlock. And um, it was lash in the rain and he seen a little boy dressed in very, very old-fashioned clothes, which he found weird. And the little boy had no hat, raincoat, anything like that on. And he was on the same side of the canal as my dad. My dad called out to him, hello. I think the boy may or may not have said something back, hello or whatever, but he didn't really interact. And then he kind of just walked across the lock to the other side of the canal and disappeared just vanished into the darkness into nothing and my dad found the whole very very unnerving he went about his business the work he had to do and got out of there very quickly he came home he didn't tell us till years later but he told my mum and um we were talking about it there recently and she said he was so unsettled and so unnerved by the whole thing it really really scared him and he he, he never forgot that it was was always something he spoke about then when he did eventually tell us when we were older so the fact that like i always think it's more interesting when somebody who's kind of a skeptic sees something or hears something because you're kind of like obviously their mind's going to rationalize it yeah so her dad i i think laura's dad was like a military guy pretty rational not really (laughs) not really flighty or anything like that so if you're seeing like a a child at 10 o'clock at night in the rain with absolutely like no protective gear on it's like that's weird but what weirds me out more is like when they just disappear (laughs) yeah it's kind of like the meme about um the only thing scarier about finding a spider in your room is is when you lose the spider (laughs) yeah exactly because like if that little boy had like run away or like if he saw him like run away somewhere like you know could see him running down the road but it's the fact that he walked across the lock and just like went into the darkness yeah just turned into mist <laughs> oh jesus christ it's very scary yeah oh my god thank you laura thank you for sending me your voice clip and say hello to your dog <laughs> yeah that sounded like misty uh, laura has two dogs shout out to misty and ollie they are border collies well ollie's a border collie and some kind of a spaniel we think okay uh, he was a stray so it's not 100 percent sure yeah And they are the loves of her life. This woman got married in July and I'm sure her husband would agree that the dogs are the loves of her life. (laughs) (laughs) So I also have a personal like scared at work story. My very first serving job when I was like 19, I got a job in like a pizza, like steakhouse restaurant in my hometown. Quite the combo. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it does does like everything. It was like the first place in my town that I think you could get pizza. So it was like this huge novelty. What the heck? Yeah, it's a really old restaurant, but it's also in a very old building. The building's like hundreds of years old. It's right on the keys in my hometown. So like obviously those buildings have been there as long as the harbour has been there. So I think maybe at one point the, the building was like a residential building. So they're all like, you know, attached to each other. And classic like kind of old building things like... Uh, stonework, creaky stairs, creepy stairs, um, <laughs> drafts. But no, it was a good place to work and um, I always had fun there. So there was like an older guy who was like our, kind of like our head waiter. 
at the time. He was a bit of a jokester. And I had been saying, there was a few times that, say, it was like a quieter night. So we'd close off the upstairs dining room. And then, like, say, one of the servers would just be let go up there. And we would, like, clear it down and, like, reset for the next morning. Like, say this was on a Saturday night. So I would be up there on my own. I remember saying this to, like, a few people and saying that, like, I could hear people whispering my name. And I thought it was, like, people joking with me. But then there was a few times it was, like, it was so close to my ear. And it was, like, so forceful. It would be, like... It would start off like, and then, oh my goodness, like really kind of like trying to get my attention and like so much so that I would like turn around. It even happened a couple of times in the middle of service when other people would be in the room. So that like had happened to me a few times and um, we'd, we'd been talking about it and stuff. This older guy that worked with me, he would joke around or like, you know, we would do like little small, like harmless jokes. And there was one time it was like at the end of service and when the, the two dining areas were full, we'd bring people up to the bar to wait. But it wasn't like a bar that you could just come into and, and uh, like order a drink or anything like that. It was basically just a waiting area where we served our tables from. Okay. So I was sent up to sweep out and clean up the bar. Um, so I was going up the stairs and as I said, the stairs are really creaky and <laughs> I could feel this large presence like right behind me following me up the stairs no. and I thought it was this guy that I worked with so much so that I started running because it was like he was like thumping up the stairs after me wow. like you know to make me run and he had done stuff like this before so I ran all the way up the stairs and I turned around like laughing going like you know to say like oh fuck you like yeah stop making me run like something like that and there was absolutely nobody behind me that's so weird could you hear anything or you could just feel it I could feel it and like the thumps on the stairs. I don't know, did my brain fill in the blanks, but I could feel this presence. You know, when you can feel somebody behind you, like forcing you upstairs. Yeah. And, like he used to do it to me quite a lot. Like if it was like just the two of us, he'd be like running after me to make me run faster because oh you just kind of do that automatically. Yeah. So yeah, I went up, he wasn't there. So I like, I was like, fuck, like it was freak, freaking me out. And that was all I could think of like the whole time I was cleaning up the bar. And I went downstairs again. I told him, and he was like, I genuinely, I was not upstairs. I have not been upstairs in like an hour or so. And I said this in front of uh, one of the other servers, uh, an older lady. She was like in her in her 50s at the time who'd worked there for years and years and years. And um, she heard like me saying to him like that I was fully convinced that he was following me up the stairs. And uh, she said, yeah. There's a reason I never go up to the bar at night. Oh, no. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, yeah, I always send you kids up to clean the bar because there have been times that I've been up there and I've seen things in the mirror above the fireplace. Oh, my gosh. So she makes you guys do it without even yeah, telling she you. she makes everybody else do it. Because <laughs> it would be like the whole bar would be in candlelight. So, you know, obviously, if you're going to see anything in the mirror, it's when there's candlelight. <laughs> right. So that was my haunted workplace experiences. Yeah, that's um, pretty creepy. I just, I can still feel that sensation of somebody being right behind me on stairs. Yuck. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like the, I don't like that feeling of thinking like somebody's near you. Mm -hmm. Like it gives you this weird sense of urgency. Like you have to go faster. You have to get away. And like, well, that's, you, I just remember like. If you feel like you're being chased, you're going to run. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I remember like my stomach dropping because I thought it was like funny. And yeah. I was like, oh, you bastard, like chasing me up the stairs and turning around and there not being anybody there. And my stomach just like dropping to my knees going, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. When the adrenaline hits. Um, My dad actually 
Um, this is ghost things. Um, when I was a kid, my dad got his hair cut from the same guy, like, my whole childhood. And the guy used to, he cut hair, like, not super far from our house. It was, like, maybe a 10, 15-minute drive. And then he moved. He, like, got his own salon. And um, it was, like, maybe, like, a half hour from my house. And when he moved to this new salon, it was weird because it's like, an old building in, like, a like a strip. And um, the one day we went to for my dad to get his hair cut and we were like trying to open the front door and it wouldn't open and it was really weird because like we were like trying to turn the knob and like pull and like or push or whatever it was and it was not opening and then all of a sudden it just opened and it was like that's really weird and we walked in and my dad was like talking to like the women at the front desk and i think like they named the ghost was like harry or something we'll say it was harry for the sake of the podcast <laughs> i love when people name ghosts yeah they're like oh that's probably <laughs> it harry. makes me so happy <laughs> and we're like what and they're like yeah there's a ghost here and like sometimes you just can't open the door sometimes like shampoo bottles just fly off the shelf across the room holy shit and, like just like weird stuff like that and we're like okay and like i think my brother was asking my dad's barber he's like does it freak you out like is it scary he's like no you just kind of get used to it it's like oh my god (laughs) what (laughs) i don't know if i'd ever get used to that yeah it would be weird especially if things are like flying off the shelves yeah like i don't want to have to duck randomly (laughs) yeah like i've never i've never experienced like a a true haunting like that so i don't know i think it would freak absolute hell out of me yeah but you have but that's (laughs) i have i grew up in what i call a haunted house (laughs) i don't know i don't know it's really weird because like i'll tell people i'll be like yeah i grew up in a haunted house and they're like uh what (laughs) when i was six my parents split and my mom went to live in an apartment i think she lived there for like about a year six months to a year and um you know how you can't really keep track of time when you're a child Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i can barely do it now yeah but then after that we ended up moving into my grandparents house and they moved into, they had, like, a quote-unquote, like, cabin. I don't know. It was just, like, another house they had on, like, it was, like, my grandpa's, like, family land from forever. Anyway, so they moved there, and then we moved into their house. So, like, the point I'm getting at is <laughs> my grandparents bought this house in, like, the 50s. And they were the first owners of this house. Okay. It was built, and then they moved in. Okay. So nobody else had ever lived there. Right. And my mom grew up in this house. My aunt grew up in this house. Apparently, my mom said there wasn't like, or maybe she did say there was like a couple weird things that happened when she was a kid. She did say, this was like super recent. She told us that she was walking in the hallway one time, and then just like a noose fell in front of her. Oh, God. And then it was gone. What? So it just like popped up and then was gone. Holy fuck. Of all things to like pop up as well. It's like the most menacing possible <laughs> thing. It was weird because she just told me this in the last like couple years. And when she said it, it was almost like she had forgotten that it happened. She's yeah. like, oh, wait, there was that one time. And it's like, what? <laughs> you just forgot to tell us this this whole time. <laughs> well, that was like me with my my like haunted workplace story. Because you asked me, you were like, have you ever experienced any hauntings? And I was like, no, not really. And then I completely forgot about that. You know? Yeah. It's weird. But it seems like other than that, there wasn't really anything that happened at their house. I remember being a kid and going to my grandparents' house and I never felt weird there. Like it never felt off or scary or anything like that. Like we would play in the basement by ourselves. Everything was fine. So then we moved in 
and I can't really remember when stuff started happening, but I think it was pretty quickly because my brother and I, like, it was, like, really hard for us to go to sleep at night. Like, we would be at my dad's house and we would be fine. It mm-hmm. wasn't, like, an issue at my dad's house. I don't know. So, it's, I try to be like, oh, maybe we were just both, like, really anxious, but it wasn't, you know, it was the only problem at this house. Okay. Yeah, we would just kind of, like, we would hear certain things. My brother and I both talked about how at night we would hear, like, it sounded like the TV was on, but it wasn't. It was like you could, like, hear people, like, having conversations, and it sounded like like lots of people having conversations. Oh, God. (laughs) And so we started, and it was, like, the way the house was set up is, like, all of our bedrooms were, like, we could see, like, each other's doors, like, from our doors. Mm -hmm. It was, like, a little hallway, and then it was the living room. I had, like, a mirror in my room, and so I was able to, like, from my bed, I could, like, see into the hallway, Mm -hmm. which... Good or bad idea, I don't really know. It got to a point where my brother and I would be like, can we leave the light and the TV on in the living room when we go to sleep? Oh. Because we just like, I don't really know what it was. It was just kind of like, I don't know, it was really weird. You just had this like unsettling feeling that like you were afraid of like the darkness and the silence in the house. You just wanted... Yeah. Yeah. There were nights when I would try to go to sleep and I would hear somebody yell in my ear to wake up okay so it'd be like i'd be like laying there like trying to go to sleep and then all of a sudden i would just hear like wake up and i'd be like oh my god oh god um i would hear like whispering in my ear just like weird stuff like that and i can't remember if my brother heard those things too but there was a time when i don't remember who said it first but like either my mom or my brother one of them said like oh i had this super creepy dream last night and the other one was like oh i had a really creepy dream too And they both dreamt that there was, like, a shadowy man with a top hat standing in the hallway looking at them. No. It was creepy. Shut up. And I was just like, what? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. No. Never sleep again. Holy shit. And I felt like, at my mom's house, I felt like I could not sleep. It just was, like, constant. It was terrible. So weird, because I wish I could remember, like, ages that these things happened at, but I can't really. It's Mm -hmm. just, like, all of them just happened over the course of the time that we lived there yeah but i do remember i was probably like 13 or 14 not like super little anymore but my mom and i were sitting on the couch and i know it was christmas time because the christmas tree was up we're watching tv and then my mom's like do you hear that and i'm like no and so she like put the tv on mute or shut it off i don't remember and she we're both sitting there listening and she's like you can't hear that? And I'm like, no. And then she's like, okay. She turns the TV back on and we're watching. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I think I hear it now. And she's like, you hear it? I'm like, yes. So she goes to the kitchen, which is like right outside the living room. And then she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like hiding behind the Christmas tree. I was just like, (laughs) no, like what's happening? (laughs) and she's like come here and our basement door was just like rattling oh my god like super violently and like so it was closed and you know when it's closed it's like it can still move like Mm -hmm. slightly so it's just sitting there and it's like (gasps) and we're like what is going on and then my mom just like quickly grabs the handle and she flings it open and there's nothing there oh my god And she turned on the light and she went down the stairs and she's like, whatever you are, get out of my house. (laughs) And she's like yelling. Holy shit. (laughs) 
It was terrifying because that was the first time that had ever happened. And then it never happened after that. Yeah. So like, it's not like it was a draft or something like that. Like clearly. Right. I was telling a friend about it and he was like, yeah, like air vents. And I'm like, there were no air vents near this door that could push it like that. And then he's like, oh, there's like, I don't know, like people were trying to like figure out what it could be. And I'm like. It was winter. It was cold. We didn't have windows open. There was no vent near this door. It was creepy. Holy fuck. (laughs) There was another time when... This is probably like one of the scariest experiences that I had at the house. In the basement, we had this... um, The basement was finished. I don't know if that's like a thing where you are, but sometimes you'll have like an unfinished basement. And um... We don't really have basements at all. Oh, (laughs) okay. We have attics, but not basements. (laughs) But yeah, like a lot of houses will have like an unfinished basement where it's just kind of like concrete and like two by fours and stuff. Okay. So like our basement was finished all except for like this one room. And it was just like a storage room where my grandpa had built a bunch of shelves and we just called it the back room. It was creepy. We never liked going in there. This room was like U-shaped. So you'd go in one side and then it would like curve around and there were like shelves in the middle or like cabinets. So you couldn't like see to one side or and whatever. But there was a pencil sharpener all the way in the back. We would always okay. be like, Mom, can you sharpen my pencil? Like I don't want to go back there. <laughs> was this like in a like a big pencil? Like a, a crime? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you mean? Okay. Like yeah. a, from like school. <laughs> yeah. Because my grandpa had like a workbench back there. Like he would like work on things back there. Uh, so yeah, so this room was like really creepy. We never liked going back there. It was called the back room. There would randomly be times where like the stuff was just thrown off all the shelves and it would just be like strewn across the floor. No. My mom would yell at us. Like she thought that we were going back there and like doing stuff. And we're like, no, we're not. But of course she didn't believe us because we're kids and kids lie. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so there would be like stuff like thrown around back there. There would be like, I don't know. It was just like weird. And you got like a weird vibe in there. So anyway, like one of the scariest things that happened to me was my brother and I went to separate schools. So he was gone to school. My mom was gone to work and I was waiting for my dad to come pick me up to bring me to my school. So I'm standing like the upstairs in our living room, but like where I was standing was like over where the back room is in our basement. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing looking out the window waiting for my dad. And then all of a sudden it's like boom and it shakes my feet. Like the floor shook and it sounded like the sound came from the basement. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I just was kind of like, maybe somebody's outside with like a big truck. Maybe they're like offloading something or whatever. And so I went around the house. I looked out all the windows. There's nobody outside. Nothing going on. No trucks. No nothing. Of course. <laughs> right. And then I like started feeling like pretty anxious. And I'm like, okay, well, just, you know, I'm going to continue waiting for my dad. And then it happened twice more. It was just like, boom, boom. And like it rattled and like, like the window shook and my feet shook. And I was like, I'm getting the hell out of this house. And I went and I just like sat in the driveway and waited for my dad to come pick me up. Oh, fuck me. It was terrifying. What the hell was in that basement? I know. I'm like, what was in that house? Thudding and then rattling the basement door and then visiting you guys in your dreams. Yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, Jesus it was creepy. Christ. I think there's stuff, other stuff that happened that I'm not fully remembering. 
But yeah, it was just like a lot of weird stuff. I never wanted to be alone in this house. Yeah. I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to be alone in that house right. now. <laughs> I know. I And I like, I wonder the people who live there now and like who've lived there since we've lived there. Yeah. I like always want to go to the door and be like, do you guys experience weird stuff in this house? Yeah. <laughs> that would be so interesting. The woman who bought it from my mom, apparently she just like moved out and like never went back. <gasps> And it was it was empty for a couple years. Whoa, classic horror movie move. Yeah, like so that was weird. Although I don't know how true that was. I can't remember where this information came from. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was really weird and it always makes me want to go back and ask people. But my mom had a friend who was like a psychic medium lady. She was very like woo-woo and like spiritual. Mm-hmm. And she came to the house and she was like, I feel death here. Oh God. <laughs> Cute. Of course she That's did. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's never like I feel that there should be more puppies here. I feel love here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm being hugged. She just felt death. <laughs> no, it's just creepy top hat man rattling the door, kicking the ceilings or whatever the hell he was doing. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty terrifying. Oh my god, thanks for the nightmares, Emily. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I survived, and then I'm like, yeah, you did sleep. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. I'm surprised you were able to finish school. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There was also one time, there was one weird thing that happened at my dad's house, and it was when I was really little, it was like seven or eight, and I got into the shower, and like I turned it on, and I'm like putting shampoo in my hair, whatever the heck I was doing, and... All of a sudden, there's this voice, and it goes, is it hot? (gasps) And I was like, uh... Holy... And from then on, (laughs) for like a year, I would ask my dad to like sit in the bathroom while I took a shower. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't freaking blame you. Can you just like sit there (laughs) while I like bathe? Because I don't want to hear a creepy voice. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It was terrifying. That was the only thing that ever happened there. Oh my god. <laughs> Bonus creep fest. So Bonus ghost content. If you weren't afraid of your basement or your bedroom, now you're afraid of your shower. Yeah, it took a while. So yeah, that was my ghost story. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I could maybe tell it in another episode if I remember. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll have um another episode of like something like this in us. And if yeah. anybody else is listening and going, hey, I wanted to submit my ghost story and I forgot or I didn't do it, you can still do it. I didn't look at all the messages or all the posts that you guys made about requesting scary stories. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you want to submit any of your own, you can DM us on Instagram. Can our Instagram is Rowan and Pine. You can email them like Nicole did to rowanandpinepod at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook, but um, that's mostly a placeholder. <laughs> yeah, it's just so we could take the name. Uh, thank you to everybody who submitted stories. Thank you to everybody who listens and interacts with us on social media. It's really cool to see like people sharing their thoughts or telling us what they learned from an episode. And like, it makes me really happy when I go on to our Instagram yeah. and I see the comments. Yeah, my my dad gave the most recent where he's like, oh, I never knew this. That's super cool. Oh, <laughs> like, you're welcome, dad. That's nice. <laughs> my parents are big fans of the show. <laughs> my dad doesn't know what a podcast is. We also take voice clips. We don't have to play your voice on it. We can do dramatic reconstructions like on, <laughs> <laughs> on like Crime Watch or whatever the hell. What's Crime Watch called over there? I have no idea. You know, oh, America's Most Wanted. Oh, okay. Yeah, or like a 48 hours or something. 
Yeah, dramatic reconstructions with terrible acting. Yeah, me yeah. and Emily can do that with your story. <laughs> There's like a weird scuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's always like the camera's up too close and it goes really shaky or something. Yeah, and they're like, why won't you just die? They're just not. It's so weird. <laughs> and it's always in broad daylight as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's a crowd. <laughs> It's like outside of Walmart or something. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no. But yes, talk to us. Tell us your thoughts and feelings. Also, please rate and review us. That really helps us. You know, if we have good reviews and ratings and things like that, then it bumps us up so that people see the podcast. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, I've been using Emily's amazing art as the um, thumbnails. So you can go check it out there. And it's another chance to see it rather than scrolling on Instagram. I don't know about anybody else, but I like putting on YouTube things to fall asleep to. So yeah, you can listen to us giggling and talking about spooky shit. Then hopefully you'll have nightmares because you deserve them because you touch yourself at night. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, folklore. (laughs) Fuck yeah, folklore. I've been (laughs) Neve. And I'm Emily. Goodbye. See you next week. Goodbye and good night and sweet dreams. Or not. Boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, 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 one